Get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here from Oilers Live with a Wednesday edition of Oilers Live Tuesday following a game night. Uh, so, no, you didn't get the night wrong. It is Wednesday night. Uh, Oilers, of course, coming off another loss, uh, this time to the Buffalo Sabres, 3-1, to one, and uh, Eric Comrie and Nett, who absolutely stole the show in the third period. I've got as my guest tonight... Uh, Mr. Jared Ellis, who is the host of Locked On Hurricanes, coming to us live from Raleigh, Carolina. It's late there, as you can see in the background. Probably the family's asleep, and you're taking the time to join us. Appreciate that, and, and thank you for doing that in advance of a game tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Mountain at Rogers Place, where the Carolina Hurricanes come into town. Uh, they are 3-0. and oh. And ready to talk some hockey with you. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining, uh, Jared. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, it's um, the Car- Carolina Hurricanes are coming into town riding a three wins uh, in a row. Pretty big deal. Um, although I would say they haven't really <laughs> they haven't really played any powerhouses of yet. Uh, but probably a big thing in that is um, each game has come with only one goal against. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was something I was talking about on either the episode that came out today or yesterday. I don't remember which one, but I did mention of how, yeah, they are 3-0 and right now, which is great, obviously. I'm never going to deny that. <laughs> but they haven't had like a, they haven't had like a big test uh, yet and then, now they got Edmonton uh, and then Calgary coming up right after. Those are going to be big tests to see how these new guys are meshing together. And, oh, where is my notebook? Because I actually, uh, the other day, uh, talking about the Hurricanes just in the month of October, you mentioned the other 3-0 and so far now. Actually, since 2008, Hold on. Here's my notebook. Uh, let me read this stat to you. Where is it? Where is it? I think it was. Because they're actually like over the since 2018, they are actually killing it in the month of October. And do, do, do. where is it? Where is it? They're actually they've won the past 12 straight games in the month of October. Um, okay, I can't find the actual stat in here. That's still ridiculous, little, right? Yeah, uh, an absolute crazy um, just win streak in the month of October. I know it's, tw- I think at the time when I read it, I think it was 24 wins in the month of October since uh, 2018. And I think now it would be 25 uh, with the win the other day. That's uh, that's crazy. And of course, they've, you know, they've had a really good uh, team of late. They've been Mm -hmm. uh, pretty consistent, obviously not quite doing what you're you'd uh, hope as far as um, playoff um, uh, playoff success goes. But, you know, they've been so consistent as a regular season team. I guess I'm not super um, surprised that they've had such a great start. What do you like? 
What do you think it is? I mean, this team, obviously, this this is the tale of two teams here. We got the Oilers, who can't seem to find any consistency, but had a little bit of fortune in the playoffs last season. But the Carolina Hurricanes are, you know, a model consistent team the last couple of years. You know, what what is it? Is it foundationally? Is it leadership? I mean, obviously, we've had a bit of a change on defense. Like, what, what kind of things do you think are playing into that? I think uh, it's a number of things. I think, first and foremost, it came from front office and head coaching. Yeah. Um, when Tom Dunham bought the team uh, from Carmanos, getting Francis out, uh, putting Waddell in, getting Bill Peters out as head coach, bringing Brenda Moore in, in that regard, and having that good, strong foundation and building a winning culture. And going back to that first team of Brenda Moore, uh, whenever he was head coach, having Justin Williams as your captain, I think he was a great guy to have there to just install some leadership there in the young guys at the time who have now uh, taken over leadership roles like Sebastian Ajo being an alternate captain, Jacob, or Jacob Slavin as well, um, Jordan Martinuk, uh, having guys to learn from, uh, Andre Sveshikov, a rookie at yeah. that time, and you can kind of see how he's taking on more of a leadership role now. And then just as the years have gone on, building around those young guys, building around Aho, building around Sveshnikov, building around Slavin, and now you have Seth Jarvis in the fold as well, surprising everyone last year building around him and something that uh, Don Waddell talked about in an intermission interview uh, on opening night was uh, bringing in key veteran guys like Brent Burns, like Paul Statsny and building around your core group of guys and just having a good mix of young guys and veterans to get you over that hump. Uh, One thing, I think it was last season, our color commentator, Trip Tracy, he had Steven Stamkos on his show. And Stamkos likened the Hurricanes to like those mid 2000s uh, Lightnings team where they're like super, super good, but they were almost struggling to get over that playoff hump. Yep. And just reminding him of those teams he was a part of. And I think that is high regard because those were really good teams. Yeah, yeah, and and the Hurricanes have have been, you know, just absolutely fantastic. And you know, I I think like, you know, you look at their trade history as well, and and um, you know, Waddell's done done just such an immaculate job of like bringing in like winning every trade that he's had for the most part, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and it, and, and not, you know, not by a lot, but it's, it's just a matter of, you know, bringing in something that makes a difference to the hurricanes and, you know, removing maybe something from the roster that, you know, might, might've been some work or, or wasn't needed at the time. Uh, the Victor Rask, Nino Niederreiter trade that everyone likes to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, and, you know, I mean, you look at, you know, I, I think maybe the only one in that whole whole list of trades in the last couple of years that, um, you know, is yet to sort of see either way is maybe the Fogel and bear trade talking about, you mm-hmm. know, going into the game tomorrow night. I mean, bear has been a, a healthy scratch. Uh, any word as to whether he'll play uh, tomorrow night in uh, Edmonton? So far, I have not heard anything as far as whether or not he'll be playing tomorrow. Um, I know, 
speaking of that opening night intermission interview, Waddell said that that team we saw then may not be the same team uh, we see whenever they come back from their road trip, that they could be making some moves. Guys could be AHL or potentially a trade, whatever it may be. So I haven't heard anything. Uh, obviously, Dylan Coglin slotted in for the first time this season. I mean, he came Seattle over with the Burns as well, right? No, he came Where? over in the Max Pacioretty Oh, the trade. Pacioretty trade. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Uh, it was Pedersen that came over in the Burns yeah. trade. Uh, but you know, I do think that we'll likely see uh, a different shakeup on that third pairing. Uh, Jalen Chatfield has been playing great so far in the first three games this year. So it wouldn't surprise me if we still see him. But as far as Bear slotting in, I think he's got to at some point just to kind of see where he's going to be at. Obviously, last season he started off really good, but then he got COVID, was out for a while, and just never really got back from it. I really thought, honestly, that him not playing at all in the playoffs was kind of sealing his fate in terms of his future here but he did end up signing an extension so they do obviously still see potential in him it's just well whether or not he's gonna reach that potential here because in the preseason yes it is preseason but he didn't look great so we'll just have to wait and see what happens with him yeah yeah he was um i mean obviously he had a bit of a a shaky time. There were some incidents uh, in Alberta that I think sort of maybe swayed and, and helped the decision for them to move him on. But um, he was he was coming along in his own. I'm a little bit surprised at the um, at where he's been uh, in the Hurricanes lineup. Uh, you know, I know he's away from home, uh, so maybe that's has some effect. Um, but I, there's a lot of potential with that player that um, mm -hmm. a lot of Oilers fans uh, would love, and and the way he plays the puck and his patience with the puck, he he really came into his own, and then and then um, you know was traded away, obviously. Uh, and with Fogel, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of curious. I mean, I I mean, I've heard I've heard it said, but he was you know, kind of uh, inconsistent in Carolina as well. And, and uh, you know, he's had stretches where he's been an excellent uh, third liner and somebody that can play, you know, up the lineup a little bit when, when mm -hmm. needed. But then he's got stretches where you don't even see him. And he's, you know, last night he gave a bit of a suicide pass to one of our rookies on the team that uh, we probably won't see um, tomorrow night in Dylan Holloway. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And sounds about, it, right. It sounds about right. So, so, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I'm curious how that trade ends up playing out. I mean, it's not, you know, a groundbreaking trade, but it is one that, uh, that ties the team. There's actually, uh, given the fact that, uh, in 2006, the hurricanes were successful in, in beating the, uh, Edmonton Oilers for the Stanley cup. And I hate bringing up old wounds for those Oilers fans listening right now, but there's been a lot of tie-ins, um, you know, including, um, as, uh, you know, I used to get, uh, chirped about dry all the time as, as being the one that got away from, uh, the Carolina hurricanes in that draft. And they had a, they had a shot at, um, at dry So, you know, uh, as you're, uh, we were talking about, um, at a former Hurricanes podcast, they used to call him uh, German Gretzky, <laughs> and mm -hmm. they, and uh, every time I talk to them, they uh, 
were a little bit sore about the dry sidle uh, about this dry sidle draft. So you've got what year did he get drafted? Uh, it was uh, twenty. Oh jeez, of course twenty sixteen. I want to say. Yeah, I was gonna say is is mid twenty tens. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was twenty sixteen. Um. 2014. Sorry, I'm, I'm 14. Oh, wait, well, you I graduated high school. <laughs> okay. Right on, <laughs> right on. So you had a chance. You had a chance. Um. So, yeah. look, we your Carolina Hurricanes are coming in. They're you know defensively they've been pretty decent. I would suspect if they're only giving mm-hmm. away one goal a game. Uh, Svechnikov though is leading the charge with five points. Uh, Nikas is uh, is there as well at five. Like who's who are the players that um, you know? Obviously, I think most people know who Svechnikov is. Who else should mm-hmm. we be watching? Yeah. So with the Hurricanes right now, Andre Svechnikov, he's on a tear to open up the season. He was coming off a three goal or a three point, excuse me, uh, second period against the Kraken. He had two goals in a little over a minute in that game, and. He's on a tear this season, Martin Natchez as well. He was a guy that heading into the season that he really needed to step up his game. He had a down year last year. He didn't live up to the the expectations that people had for him. So far this season to open up the year, he's been really good. Sebastian Ajo in the past, he's had slow starts to the season. We obviously know how good he can be, but in the month of October, sometimes... In the past, uh, he's been a bit slow to start. That hasn't been the case this year and last year. So you obviously got to watch out for the big-name guys, of course. I think that you also need to watch out for Seth Jarvis. He's in his second year already, and yeah, he's picking up wherever where he left off last year. And yeah, he had a lot of momentum going in the playoffs. He scored the first goal of the season for the Hurricanes. And the roof blew off PNC Arena whenever he did that. That was super fun. Yeah. He obviously netted a goal against the Kraken the other night. He's going to be a guy to watch, not only in this game, but all season long. I think he's in for a big season. I also think a couple guys you need to watch out for is, one is a big name, one's not, is Brent Burns and Stefan Nazan. Both of those guys, they've just been going 110 miles an hour. Uh, Brent Burns logging, you know, tons of ice time, tons of shots. And he got his first point as a hurricane the other night on one of Svechnikov's goals. I think it was the power play goal. Uh, he got his first point as a hurricane. I think it's just a matter of time before the floodgates open for him. And Stefan Nazan, he's slotting in right now for Andre Kasha, who's out with a concussion. He's another guy. He has just been going super super hard and i just feel it's a matter of time for him before he ends up just having the floodgates open he had two points in that game against the kraken and it's it's just a matter of time for both of those guys really and the second line as a whole is also could potentially be the hurricane's best line this year the svechkov kotniemi and natures line it could very well be the Hurricanes' best line this year. It is looking phenomenal so far this year. And uh, and so, I mean, this is the year, right? Like, uh, Kotkaniemi was, you know, I think maybe a bit of a disappointment last year, right, in terms of what might have been expected? Or, like, how did you feel about... His first half of the season, uh, it, it was a mixed bag of a season. I wouldn't say it was an outright disappointment. 
because you you kind of you knew what you're getting. Yeah, you know, there's obviously a lot of potential with the player. I mean, they gave him that offer sheet. They signed him to an eight year extension. Uh, they know the potential is there. And in the second half of the season, he really started to settle into his role, get used to the system, and understand what's expected of him. And you know, he's kind of having to make up ground in terms of his development. The Hurricanes are an organization as a whole that's great at developing young talent. The list it's a very long list. You know, we can we'd be here till, you know, it's time to end the broadcast yeah. of, you know, players that have, you know, came from that system, whereas Montreal not necessarily the best at developing young talent. So he's having to make he was having to make up some ground there and now he's had a full year you know, in the hurricane system. So he's used to it. He's in like his long-term role now. They uh, had a feeling that Trocek wasn't going to be back. And then you know, they knew he wasn't going to be back. He didn't want to play in Raleigh. He wanted to play in a big market. And you know, that meant Kotanyemi. He's sliding up into that second-line center role. And so far, he's done really, really well. And like I said, last season, a bit of a mixed bag, but that's kind of what you expected last year. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I guess I'm not too surprised. Um, you know, he's obviously there for a little while. Uh, you, you spoke about, you know, the prospect pool. And, and every time I look at the Hurricanes lineup, I look at this as like not a very North American lineup in terms of like comparably to other teams in the league and you look down their prospect mix is very much the same. Uh, yet they, you know, I'm, somebody like Sutter, who you're going to see <laughs> shortly uh, in Calgary, um, you know, he loves his Western Canadian kids and, and having them in the lineup. Uh, like, how does this team play? Do you think they play a different style because it's, you know, predominantly in the top six, uh, you know, a European style, European players? I don't necessarily think so. Uh, um, obviously, you know, every team has their own style of play, but they honestly play a game very similar to their head coach's game back oh, in yeah. the day. You know, that they play a very similar game to that of a very hard-hitting, uh, fast-paced type game. And, you know, that's really just how they play. And they suffocate you on defense. You know, Brendan Moore was a back-to-back um, Selkie Trophy winner for a reason back in the day. And, you know, they, they play like their head coach. And, you know, there's obviously times where I wish they are a bit more physical. And, you know, that's something that as the years have gone on, they've got better at. You know, if we remember back to like the uh, bubble season, I think it was 2019, 2020. Yep. They kind of getting pushed around a bit that year, and then you know the year after last year, uh, they've definitely gotten some more grit to them. I think that's something that kind of comes with age, uh, with some of those younger players, and then bringing guys in. But again, they they play a game similar to their head coach, and they're and yeah, that that's really how they play. That's the easiest way to explain it. They play like their head coach did. Yeah. I was going to ask about, uh, Brenda Moore. I mean, he's, uh, he's what in his, um, what year is he in? Pardon me? Uh, Oh, Oh, I thought you were talking about age. Uh, he's in his fifth 
year as head coach is 18, 19 was his first year as head coach. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And so, you know, what's your feelings on Brenda Moore? I mean, is this a guy that um, obviously, you know, when there's a lot of success, you don't have people shouting for the head coach's job. Uh, Waddell's come in and done, you know, a really good job as well. Um, but for the most part, would you say Kane's fans are pretty happy with the, uh, with the body of work that uh, Brenda Moore has brought to the table? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole lot to say there. They're absolutely uh, satisfied with what he has done uh, with this team. He was, he's been instrumental in turning this team around. He's, you know, he took a team, you know, whenever you know, that 2018, 2019 team, whenever they went back to the playoffs after a decade, you know, if you remember, you know, it was talked about a lot that postseason. You know, the Blues were in last place on January 1st. The Hurricanes were second to last place. Uh, Hurricanes went to the conference finals. Blues won the Stanley Cup. Uh, he's, he's done a lot to turn this team around. And even heading into his head coaching role, uh, he had you know, the faith of the fans you know, for everything you know, he did on the ice uh, for the organization back in the day, as well as you know, some of his other roles uh, with the organization as well. I mean, he's been a part of this franchise for almost all of it. Uh, he came over in 2000. It's 2022. They're in their 25th anniversary here in Raleigh. He's been a part of Is it really 25 already. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's the 25th season. Yeah. Uh, he's been a part of almost all of it. Uh, he's regarded as the greatest hurricane for a reason. Yeah. His on the ice stuff. And now, his head coach stuff as well. Uh, yeah, there's really not a bad thing to say. And, you know, whenever the team is in a rut, it's never calling for Rod's head because everyone knows, like, all right, he knows what to do to get the best out of the players. It's just getting them getting to that point, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that um, that makes uh, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, so I'm kind of curious. I mean, this is obviously this is a team that's finished first, uh, you know, a couple seasons in a row. You know, a kind of a favorite to do that again. I think this year, or at least be in the mix. Um, you know, what weaknesses are there? Like, if the Oilers come out tomorrow night, they've you know, I don't know how much you've been following them this year, but you know, the challenge and was the same. As of last year, I think I saw a stat, you know, we're, we're about third or fourth uh, in line out of the you know, past season and a bit for uh, allowing the first goal. Um, you know, that's the Oilers' uh, big weakness. What's a weakness on this Carolina team, something that needs to be addressed, do you think? So, so far this season, it's obviously still very, very early on in the year. So Hurricanes' weaknesses, Oilers' weaknesses. Yeah, it can be something that can be improved upon as the season goes on. You know, this is fourth game of the season for these teams, so still very early. But honestly, I would say for the Hurricanes, it's the same thing as the Oilers, uh, giving up the first goal and just having slow starts to the game. Uh, that was a criticism I had last year. Uh, you know, you look at the games, you know, the first two games against Columbus and against San Jose. Yeah, they're able to come back and win. Uh, that's great, uh, but that's not something that's always going to be able to happen. And you can't always play from behind. And that's something that the hurricanes need to work on is avoiding slow starts. That's going to be the big thing right now, in my opinion. Uh, 
And obviously, for you know, folks, you know, criticize power play. I have so far this season, not yeah. overly because it is still very early on in the season. A lot of new folks there, you know, folks, you know, trying to gel together, feel each other out. And, you know, in the Seattle game, they went two for five on the power play, which is good. I do think that that first unit can be one of the best in the NHL with Sveshkov, uh, Burns, Jarvis, and I forget the other guys on it. Uh, but yeah, that's a unit that could be one of the best in the NHL. And they really looked like it the other night, which is really good. But yeah, I would say the biggest thing right now is just getting off to slow starts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that is, yeah. I know that's kind of an easy one to say. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, you know, the Hurricanes are loaded defensively. They're yeah. super deep at forwards. Uh, goaltendings top notch with Freddie Anderson and Auntie Ranta. Yeah, not Ranta. a whole lot of weaknesses as far as like the lineup goes. Yeah, it's really just a lot of new guys, and they're still just kind of trying to get used to playing to with each other. And it's one thing going against you know Columbus, San Jose, or Seattle, but Edmonton and Calgary, those are going to be the uh two big tests to start off the season, especially with a big road trip like this to start out your season yeah yeah and uh sorry how long is the road trip they're on um now this is uh game it three four five five I guess games a five gamer. two weeks yeah. uh the north carolina state fair is going on right now and the state fairgrounds are actually uh across the street from pnc arena and carter finley stadium nice. so they're kind of like in the same vicinity and it is a nightmare for traffic yeah um i i can only imagine <laughs> uh and so you um you know when you see um you know a team like edmonton come up I, you know last year i should have looked i i can't remember what the record was last year uh against edmonton um you know i you know, Carolina always comes in. They play really well. The defense has always been solid. I mean, my biggest curiosity, and and uh, maybe we're yet to see because of the teams you've played, but is you know is Burns enough to replace D'Angelo, who had a hell of a season last year? Um, you know, you you talked a little bit about Burns. Obviously, Oilers fans know Burns quite well, uh, coming over from San Jose. Uh, you know, he you said he got his first assist recently. Like how many minutes is that? Or that is that pairing taking a night? Burns and Slavin. Like, are they? You know, is twenty plus? Yeah, twenty plus. Uh, I want to say in the last, uh, it was either in the cracking game or the San Jose game. I forget which one, but I mean, it was over twenty-two minutes. Yeah, I mean, he. Yeah, I mean, they're logging tons of ice time, and Burns is for sure an upgrade over Tony D'Angelo. Uh, yeah, D'Angelo did set, you know, the franchise record for points by a defenseman last year, but Burns exceeded that on a bad San Jose team last year. Uh, and Burns is also better defensively than D'Angelo. Uh, so yeah, I do think it's, it's an upgrade over, uh, Tony for sure. Yeah. And again, you know, it is a new team. So, you know, you do have, you know, that little bit of a period of just getting used to a new team, especially after he spent 11 seasons with San Jose. You figure there's going to be a, a bit of a period there where, you know, things are you know, kind of yeah. uh, getting the feel of the new team. But it's yeah, it's going to be sure. weird seeing him in a Canes jersey. I'll tell you that. It, 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 yeah. it is. 
it yeah. is. Uh, and he's already you know, a big fan favorite. Folks are loving <laughs> having him here. Yeah. Um, in the home opener, yeah, he was going at it with some guys. I remember he was going at it with Boone Jenner pretty good. Uh, and folks are cheering him on big time. You're already seeing Burns jerseys and Burns t-shirts all over the arena. Folks are loving it, having him here. And he's not just going to be a one-and-done uh, type guy. You know, he had three years left on his deal. Uh, so he's going to be here for a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah, right on. Uh, and I, you know what? I'm a big Burns fan. I, You know, even having uh, watched him, uh, you know, all these years playing San Jose. And, and you're right. He's a, he's a hell of a character. He's, he'd be a good community guy to have, uh, no he doubt. Um, tough, always tough to play against. Uh, you know, and just uh, just a guy I enjoy watching play. I might not tomorrow night, but we'll see. Um, we've got a question on YouTube about uh, uh, Peter Kachetkov, uh, goaltender in your in your system there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, what's your thoughts on him? I think he can really be something special. Uh, we kind of saw a glimpse of him uh, last year uh, towards the tail end of the regular season, and in the playoffs, he. He's gonna. He can be special. Uh, really, I love Freddie and I love Auntie Ranta, but they're not like long term answers. Uh, in in terms of the solution in net, you know, really since the end of Cam Ward's prime, the Hurricanes have kind of struggled. Uh, to find like a long term answer there, yeah, because yeah. Cam was getting way overplayed, playing hurt, and yeah. you know never had a good quality backup, uh, and you know which you know, hurt him in terms of his stats, his legacy, and you know all that. And then you know you brought in uh, you know Peter Mrazek, Curtis Smackling, brought in James Reimer. Uh, you had Alex and Delkovich in your system for uh, quite a while, and yeah. You know, he could have been the guy, you know, we saw, you know, he was a Calder finalist yeah. uh, whenever he like finally got like a legit shot rather than just like a one or two game thing. Uh, and yeah, that, you know, they didn't you know, pursue him long-term. Now you got Freddie and Auntie Ronta there, but you know, they're both guys that are on the wrong side of 30. You know, they're both kind of injury prone. You know, they're not going to be the guy you know, 10 years from now. Uh, and they're not going to have that stability there, but Piotr, he's special. Uh, I think you know, he needs a he needs a year in the a, in the AHL. Uh, used to the North American style game. You know, we saw you know he was really good uh, in the little bit we saw him last year, and I do think we will see him at some point this season. But needs a season there in the AHL to develop. But he does have the potential to be that long-term solution for the Hurricanes, which I think is really going to be key for them just moving forward as an organization so you're not just having a revolving door every couple years in net. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's so valuable. And I think, um, you know, there's uh, one of the fellows that uh, podcast for the Heavy Hockey Network, uh, Dash, uh, in the park, is, did some uh, looks to see, you know, what, what kind of teams were making the Stanley Cup final year over year. And it was always teams with homegrown goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, which yeah. is, um, you know, just such a, a key and so hard to do, as, as most people say, it's a bit of voodoo uh, understanding your goaltenders. But 
Yeah, and Piotr is, of course, a goalie that uh, he's not going to take anything from any other players. You remember you got back in the playoffs where he squared up to Brad Marsh and was ready to drop the gloves. Uh, in the Wolves' home opener, he I forget who they were playing, but he met the goalie at center ice and was ready to go. <laughs> well, that's, uh, our, he, that's our type he, of goalie here in Edmonton. I know. He, <laughs> I mean, he's... He's endeared himself to the fans already. People love him. You see his jerseys, you know, whether it be a Wolves jersey or a Hurricane shirt, you see them at games. People love the kid, and they're ready for him to get, like, his, like, long-term shot. I do think that'll be next year, Uh, but ultimately we'll just have to cross that bridge next year whenever we get to it. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. We'll uh, close it up for the night. I kind of um, one of the things I'm kind of curious about in terms of like this team. Where do you see them? Yeah, like are you expecting them uh, to go a little bit further this year? And if you are, which you know, it seems like year over year, there's some expectation that they'll get past that second round. With uh, it hasn't been much luck as of late, but uh, like. What are your thoughts this year? What's is there enough of a change for them to kind of break that gap? And and then, I guess, you know, are they playing a little bit of the Tampa Bay game here with Pacioretty sitting on the sidelines until, like, likely the All Star break? Um, you know, is that going to make a you know a bit of a difference there as well? So with Pacioretty, yeah, I, it's not a Tampa Bay type situation of circumventing the cap. Uh, yeah, he legitimately tore yeah, he his had Achilles. surgery. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, we did the math uh, for you know it's like late January, early February should all go right. You know, basically like your trade deadline uh, type move for him. And you know, I I think the big thing for them in the playoffs, if they're going to get past the second round, is offense because we've seen that. Every year that since they've been back in the playoffs, it has been the offense dries up and looks like a dry Thanksgiving turkey. And, and you know, it doesn't matter how good the defense is, how good the off or how good the goaltending is, just the offense is not there and they are not able to put the pucks in the back of the net. And you're not going to win a game if you can't do that. And that was, you know, Pacioretty coming in. That's going to be, that was his role. Uh, and same with Brent Burns. We know, you know, he's a, can be an offensive force as well. Yeah, they brought in some offensive guys and they've really tried handing the keys over to their young guys like an Ajo, Sveshikov, Jarvis. Jarvis had a heck of a playoff last year too. Uh, if the offense is there, they can make it far. Uh, I also think one thing that, will play a factor in uh, the playoff run is the health of your goaltending. Yeah. Because I've said uh, for quite a while now that they need to manage Freddie's load better this year. Uh, Yeah, they won the Jennings Trophy uh, last year, Anderson and Ronta, but Ronta barely made the cut. Uh, He was just like a game or two over the minimum for that. So they need to manage the load a bit better for Freddie. So it's not getting down the stretch. He gets hurt. You know, he tore his MCL last year and in Denver, I uh, missed the tail end of the season, all of the playoffs. And I don't want that to happen again this year. Uh, and then during the playoffs, Bronte got hurt. He sprained his MCL and, you know, 
then Piotr's coming in and yeah, you know, he was really good, of course, but you know, you at that point you want, you know, your veteran goalies there. You want the guy, you know, that would have been a Vesna finalist had he not gotten hurt. That's what you want there. And I think they need to do a bit better of a job managing the load for their goalies this year, balancing that out so these guys aren't as banged up heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, goaltending is is such a key to uh, playoff success, uh, you know, 100%, and um, and being consistent with that offense as as you go um, as you go deep, which was um, you know a place where the uh, Oilers were able to excel uh, mm-hmm. in their playoff run. Uh, they, you know, I'd say McDavid and Drysaddle did all right <laughs> in that regard. Yeah. Um, all right. I just want to ask you, you know, for those that are listening, uh, either live or you know, listening on the podcast, um, you know, we get a guest that's, uh, from away. Um, you know, if, uh, Oilers fans are on their way to PNC arena in, uh, in Raleigh, right. Um, yeah. where, uh, like what's, what's there to do around there? What's it like uh, seating wise? I mean, tell us a little bit about going to a game in, in Raleigh at PNC. Yeah. So with PNC Arena, there's actually going to be some renovations coming here within the next year. So what I'm telling you now is in a year or so going to be outdated. So <laughs> um, they're going to be working at building up the area around PNC Arena. The big thing right now is. Um, of course, the tailgating. Everyone loves the tailgating at Hurricanes games. They're like one of, if not the only team that tailgates at hockey games. And uh, for the home opener, the game was at 7 p.m. Uh, folks are out there at 10 a.m. already nice. tailgating. Yeah. Uh, so tailgating is going to be big uh, coming to a game if you want to do that. You know, fans are obviously going to be super, super welcoming. You know, there's never a rude fan. Uh, Hurricanes fans are always welcoming to other fans. You're nice to us. We're going to be nice to you. Nice. Uh, plain and simple. Um, there's always stuff going out in the South Plaza, um, whether it be local radio, the local ESPN station, uh, sponsor booths, inflatables, whatever. Um, there is a backyard bistro uh, right across the street um, where the Hurricanes do like a lot of their radio stuff. Um, you know, they're actually bringing back Kane's corner, which is where, uh, players get interviewed on the radio in front of a lineup live audience, uh, which is always really fun. And like I said, not a whole lot around the arena itself right now. Um, but you, know, you go downtown, um, there's a whole bunch of stuff there. There's Raleigh beer garden. You know, they've got the Guinness world record for most beers on tap, uh, <laughs> right three on. stories. Um, and, Oh God, you're putting me on the spot now too. I'm trying well, to think of lots everything. Lots of good info. Lots of good info. Uh, What's um? I guess one question that I always I'm always curious about because uh, every every team's a little bit different. I mean, is it sold out every night? Are you best to uh, you know go on a local ticket reseller, or are you best to go to the box office to get your tickets? And um, you know, are the prices of tickets reasonable for? Yeah, prices time? of tickets are uh, reasonable for sure, and. Yeah, it's not like it was uh, 10 years ago. Uh, you're you're going to want to go online and get your tickets uh, and because you're, you're not, you may be able to get them at the box office uh, every now and again, but 
you know, it's not like it used to be where it was half empty or majority yeah. visiting fans. It's not like that anymore. Uh, you know, the whole relocation jokes and, you know, move them to Quebec, move them to Houston, yeah. whatever. It's not the case anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's majority hurricanes fans. Uh, and it's, you know, at least 80% full. Uh, and that's on a bad night. Uh, when, you know, it's like the middle of the week and people are at work, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not like it used to be, you know, you're, you expect a very lively crowd, um, expect it to be very, very loud in there. And, you know, there's really not a bad seat in the house, uh, with the way the seats are angled. And, you know, I personally like to be, uh, in either like the high one hundreds or like, uh, uh, or the two hundreds, you know, cause you're like, high enough to where, you know, you can see, you know, the plays develop and whatnot. Uh, but you're still like close enough, you know, to like, see it really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing, uh, your thoughts on the game tomorrow. Where do you think, uh, what do you think the end result's going to be? Well, I uh, obviously I'm going to say it's going to be a hurricanes win for yeah. sure. Uh, we're going to go to four Oh and Oh, but I do think that this is going to be a big test. I don't think it's going to be an easy win. I don't think it's going to be like the win against Seattle. I do think that this one's going to be, uh, it's going to be a battle for sure. This is going to be the first big test for the Hurricanes this year. And especially for the defense going against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a big test, uh, especially for Brent Burns. Uh, you know, his first big test as a new member of the Hurricanes blue line, uh, especially, you know, your that third pairing, whether it be, you know, Calvin DeHaan, Jalen Chatfield, Dylan Coughlin, Ethan Bear, whatever combination of guys you have there. Yeah, it's going to be a big test for the team this year. And I think they really need to go out there, bring their A game and avoid those slow starts like we talked about yeah. earlier, for sure. Because Edmonton, they're a team that, they have some offensive firepower. Yeah, they have arguably the best player in the world on their team, and they need to be on their A-game to be able to stop him so he doesn't rip them to shreds. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know, as a, as a hockey fan, you just got to sometimes sit back and enjoy watching him play because he's, um, mm -hmm. you know, he's remarkable and uh, and. And give some credit to Leon Dreisaitl too, who is yep. um, who's outstanding. And um, you know, if, if, as a fan, uh, you enjoy them just as much as I enjoy watching uh, Burns play on defense. It's, it's fun to watch, and Svechnikov obviously is uh, is a true talent as well. So it should be an exciting one. Um, I, you know, if I was Brindamore, I'd probably put Bear in because ex Oilers seem to score on the um, on the Oilers at uh, pretty much a one hundred percent clip rate. <laughs> as it works. So, um, that would be instant success. Uh, and it'd be nice, you know what, it'd be nice, uh, to see Ethan bear, uh, playing a, a hurricanes Jersey in in front of the mm -hmm. fans at Rogers place. He was, yeah. uh, I think for a lot of people, a fan favorite. Uh, thank you so much, Jared, for joining me tonight. I know it's late in, in Raleigh and, um, you know, I love the, the black backdrop, you know, just to kind of highlight that. Yeah. We'll get this online um, at uh, heavyhockey.com and uh, anywhere you get podcasts, you'll be able to listen to it. 
Uh, for those of you uh, listening in, um, also uh, check out YouTube. We're doing a heavy hockey minute uh, preview before every uh, Oilers game, so you can check that out and go to heavyhockey.com for the call-outs, uh, standouts, and shout-outs uh, that Ryan Lotze has been writing uh, every day. As I do, Jared, I always... Um, I know you're new to the show, so this is kind of interesting. A long time ago, I realized that I talked way too much. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I do this thing where my guests always get the last word of the night. Uh, can say whatever they want, you know, if they, uh, in your case, you know, you talk about the hurricanes, talk about whatever. Um, I, the only thing I say is um, when you're done talking is you you know you sign off by saying good night so that I know when to hit the exit button uh and I'll ask you to stick around for a couple minutes just to chat um but really appreciate where you're uh, you being here tonight and um looking forward to a to a good game uh, you know two solid teams I think the Oilers have um had some troubles early but I I I'd like to think they're going to right that ship they should be hungry uh, tomorrow night against the Hurricanes, and uh, it should be a good game. It'd be nice to see, um, you know, two talented teams go at it. That um, you know, maybe at some point might might see each other again in the finals. Um, with let's hope this time a different result. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I will tell you to say though, uh, Jared, is uh, let everybody know where they find you, a little a little bit about you, and uh, whatever else you want to say. I'm putting myself on mute. Just remember to say goodnight, uh, and I'll shut her down for the evening. You're on. All right, uh, folks. So for I'll just give you a quick uh, word on what you can expect from the Hurricanes this year. Expect big seasons from Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechnikov. Sebastian Ajo, he's going back to the All-Star game. He's going to be uh, breaking a 90-point season for sure this year. I think he could be the second Hurricane in history. Uh, following uh, Eric Stahl to break a 100-point season. Andre Sveshkov, I say he gets his first All-Star game as well this year. Expect the pairing of Jacob Slavin and Brent Burns to be one of, if not the best, defensive pairing in the NHL once they start going. I think that this is going to be an absolutely lethal pairing Folks really thought the Dougie Hamilton, Jacob Slavin pairing was really good uh, years ago. I think this one can be even better. Freddie Anderson, should he be healthy? He's going to be a Vezina finalist again. And like I said earlier, that if this team, if they have the offense going in the playoffs, they're making a run for sure. I guarantee it. But folks, I am going to uh, quote one of my favorite professional wrestlers in the world. Don't hate me, but he's from Winnipeg. Uh, the one, the only Kenny Omega. Goodbye and good night. Oilers Live Podcast.